as part of the global initiative and learning in Yonagol Mashiach, we're going to be learning now Sinning Gimel of the Bar Malchus. It's a long sicha, it's a monumental sicha, in which there are many chidushim. And as this is the Iyun uh, track, what we're going to do is we're going to divide the learning into four, maybe even five shiurim. So that way we can look at all the artists and try to understand them as best we can, looking up the makaritas that they're ever cites to. And while doing that, the shiurim themselves won't be too long. So let's begin. Today, we're going to learn the Shilas the Rebbe has on the Rambam. We're going to learn the first suggested solution. We're going to learn why the Rebbe essentially rejects that solution as uh, the proper way of learning the Rambam. So let's begin. Aleph. The final chapter, the laws of kings, which discusses the laws of Mashiach. And uh, no doubt you learned those two chapters before learning the Sikhas. So there, Kasavar Amam writes. So it's the first halacha of the last Perek, Perek in Beis. Don't consider Shabbat Mashiach, don't think. And at times of Mashiach, that something of the world's nature must come to an end. Or should be some novelty or change in the order of nature, the order of creation. The world will operate as it has. That which the, the Pesach says in Yeshaya, at the, at the wolf will live with the lamb, with the lamb all the other prophecies there, all of these are only an allegory. It's a marshal for Yidin who will live securely in the Rishoyim of the nations. That ordinarily rule the Jews like these wild beasts. And all people will return to true knowledge. They won't be destructive, they won't be thieves. That the lion will eat, uh, eat uh, that the lion will eat um, produce instead of eating other animals. All these other prophecies, which seem to be a change in the order of nature, which describe the coming of Mashiach. Hey, Mashalom, they're all only allegory. They're Mashalom. When Mashiach actually comes, will um, become known to all. Uh, we'll know then, as these things unfold, we'll know then which verse applies to what reality we're experiencing. But essentially, it's all a marshal. So these are the famous words of the Rambam in his view that Mashiach's coming doesn't have to upend anything in the natural order of our reality. Everything stays as is. I just look at which seems to imply that there is miraculous experience. All that is a marshal. A marshal to describe the peace that we're going to live in. So before we go to there he quotes Shmuel, which says there's no difference between this world and the world to come, meaning Mashiach's time, other than uh, peace and Shibud Malchis, and that we're no longer subject to foreign rule. And we'll quote that later in Simchas. So before we get to the Rabbi Shilas, let's look at the Haaris on this 
Rambam itself. So two, or two, where the Rambam writes, al a person shouldn't, which I translated, a person shouldn't consider, a person shouldn't think. But of course, the literal translation is, yala ladas means don't, it shouldn't go up in your heart. Yala al-halev. Ayala lev is the Lushan. So the diuk in the Lushan lev, that's going to be discussed later in Harda 68. We'll get there. But in the meantime, the Rebbe tells us to re'ev epirush from yala ladas, Rambam Reish Perak Aleph. I wonder why the word das is um, highlighted when Machorah the Duke is on the word Yala. Because as I mentioned, the Duke on the word Lev versus Das is going to come later, R68. But anyway, so Rebbe tells us to look at another famous Sikha, Rebbe's Hadran on Rambam, beginning of Perak. Uh, sorry, Rebbe appears for Yala Das, but Rambam Reish Perak Aleph. The Rambam and Reish Perak Aleph in Right at the beginning, where he says that the Abishter is the source of all existence, and a person shouldn't consider that, that Hashem isn't. Because if a person considers that Hashem is not, then nothing else can exist. Now, when the Ramam writes that a person shouldn't consider, he says there, and if the idea should arise in your mind or in your thought. So that tells us to see the diuk of what it means there and to compare it to here. So, what does the Rebbe say over there? In Sif Tes, so look over here. We have a collection here of the sources that have cites to. And here, there's Medayik. So I encourage you all to learn the Sikha also. It's a very deep and fundamental Sikha. But Kapanim, the Nakudin Rebbe says there's like, is like this that when the Rambam writes that a person shouldn't entertain the idea that God is not the source of life, he doesn't mean, God forbid, that, the Rambam, that God is not the source of life. What he means is that a person shouldn't think of God as so lofty that he couldn't be involved in life. Because he's too transcendent to be involved in such a uh, finite world. And that's what it means, you shouldn't consider this notion that God is merely transcendent. Because if he were merely transcendent, there would no way the world can exist. In order for the world to exist, Hashem has to be mitzamsim, has to condense himself to become imminent within creation so that he can create them. And therefore, Says that now we understand why it says if it were to go up in your mind, because the knowledge that God doesn't exist, not that he doesn't exist, God forbid, but as we just explained, that he's beyond existence, that he's transcendent. Understanding that God is transcendent from creation is an elevation in understanding God rather than understanding God as merely imminent. Right? Because it's true that both God is invested within creation, and that the is transcendent from creation, and if the Rambam is telling us, don't think that Hashem is limited to being being transcendent, because if that were the case, nothing else can live, because one cannot live, the finite cannot be created by infinite transcendence, and Hashem must limit himself to be finite. Now, because understanding Hashem as transcendence is a higher version of understanding about the Ebishter than thinking of the Ebishter as he's imminent within creation, therefore, says the Rambam, in describing the mistaken view as Yalaladas, it goes up in his mind. And Lechoda, that is what the Rebbe is telling us here to see that there's a similar language here. Al Yalalalev. Don't, it shouldn't go up in your heart. That's some sort of change in creation. Now, if this is correct, and there is drawing parallels between the Pirish there and the Pirish here, that would mean 
the Rambam is saying that for someone to think that the world's going to change and there's going to be some miracles in the times of Mashiach is an Aliyah Badas, even though it's mistaken, even, so, even though it's a mistaken view in the Rambam's opinion, but because as the Rambam writes, nothing's going to change when Mashiach comes. Nonetheless, it's an Aliyah Badas to think that way. And maybe even as the Rebbe's beer comes out, there's, if there's two tkufas, if there's a later time when there is miracles, then it's taka Aliyah Badas because it's a higher level. So Ulai, that's what the Rebbe's being... Uh, the diet here, why why you being comparing the two things? Okay, Hara three. Uh, in Hilchis Chuvah, the Rambam says the same thing. And then they tells us to look in Pishim Mishnayis. It's going to become later in Hara seventy seven. I think it's a mistake. I think it's supposed to be Hara seventy five. We're there. Pishim um, Mishnayis writes also that a lot of the Yudim, the prophecies are Moshe Lachidar metaphorical. Okay, so now comes the art of four. It's a little bit of purple in its own right. So let's see. Now, Rambam said that the world's not going to change when Mashiach comes. And he said, Oibazai, why did the Pasik and Yeshaya say? So the Rebbe says, Why is it that the Rambam asks a question from the from a Pasik and Yeshaya, which seems to imply miracle? Why wouldn't he quote that which the Torah says in Parshas Hashem will remove all wild animals. So why quote a pasuk in Yeshaya when you can go to pasuk in the Torah? And indeed, Kasaga said Ivan, and indeed this pasuk is the Ivan's challenge to Rambam. We're going to address God willing later in this year. So why doesn't the Rambam quote the pasuk in Bchukaisai instead of quoting the pasuk in Yeshaya as a to this as a proof that there are miracles? Says the because this pasuk, we can teach it the way that Rambam teaches it. Rambam teaches it, and also see the Rambam's letter on it, which we're going to talk about in a moment. And here's a quote from the Rambam. Ramban, I'm sorry. So let's look at the actual Ramban here. So he quotes the pasuk, and then he says. He references a machlekas in Teres Kainim between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. It says like this: Avdas Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda Shamar. If we're going to follow the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, which said, "Ma'avir min olam," that we're going to remove these wild beasts from the world. Then what does it mean? We're going to remove them from the world? It means quite literally. Because the pasuk says, "Mishpat chayra min aretz." Aretz meaning uh, meaning the land where you live, and therefore it means. That these wild animals won't come to the places where people live. Why? Because it's going to be plenty. Because cities where people live, like um, animals won't come into civilized uh, metropolises where people live, because there's going to be plenty for them elsewhere, and therefore they won't uh, they won't attack people because there's going to be plenty in the world. So it's a natural phenomenon that because there's going to be abundance of food available for both humans and animals. There's no reason for animals to attack people. So that's what it means. That Hashem is going to, not that the, there won't be wild animals. There'll still be wild animals. But the wild animals won't be minarets. Won't come to where you're living. That's what Yehuda's view. But that's a Bishimim, according to Bishimim, where Bishimim says that it means that he's going to remove wild animals. It means he's going to change their nature that they'll no longer be animals. So then, Hashem will remove the wickedness of the animals from the land. And now this 
Kilanuvi is a miracle. So the first view there, Rabbi Yehuda, could be understood as a natural phenomenon. There's plenty in the world. There's no reason for animals to attack human beings, and therefore there's no reason for, anim- for wild animals to come into popula- uh, populated cities. And therefore people will live safely. And therefore there will be no, more, no wild animals in your land where you're living. But according to Rabbi Shimon, it's a miracle that animals aren't changing their nature. Now, in fact, the Ramban, the Ramban himself goes on to say, as we're going to see soon, that, uh, he, that he thinks that, that, that the proper pshat is like Rabbi Shimon. And he explains how, and we'll get to that soon. But for now, the Rebbe is quoting, it would seem, the first pshat, right? So he's quoting the Ramban, which explains Rabbi Huda's opinion, which is not really the Ramban's pshat, as we're going to learn, but at least there's a way of learning the pasuk that doesn't actually upend nature. That there's not going to be any wild animals, doesn't mean there's not going to be any wild animals left, but no wild animals will attack people. Because there's plenty. And if they ever conclude, based on this, therefore it's not a change in nature. And if the Ramah doesn't have to say that it's talking about a marshal. But that a wolf will lie with the lamb, that's clearly a change in nature unless it is a marshal. And that's why the Rambam quotes Ask the Shalom from Yeshaya rather than the Pasukim Bukhaisa because the Pasukim Bukhaisa can be understand, understood literally. Now, the Rebbe tells us in the, in the parentheses here to see the Geret Chesa Mesim of the Rambam. We're going, to, we're going to talk more in detail about this uh, letter from the Rambam when we get to Ha'ara 10. We're going to talk about that in more detail. But for now, let's look at the part that the Rebbe is referring to now. So the Rambam Mesim, at least in this section, as we're going to discuss soon, is defending his position that when Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any change in nature. And he writes, we already explained in the Mishnah that which the Pasuk says and that which Chachamim say, that the words in the Nevi'im are full of Mishalim. We explained very well, all these Clear fools could never undo what we explained quite clearly as, as Mishalom. Mishum kach, therefore, ano oimim, we say. And therefore, I suggest that these things are Mishalom, as well as I'm not the only one, there are Gedolim before me who have also suggested the same thing. Then the Ramam says more further. In other words, don't bring me rise from Sukkim that seem to contradict my, my, my view. Don't bring me rise from Sukkim or from Chazal, actually, that to contradict my view that there's not going to be any change when Mashiach comes, because all the stuff is all martial. And open the mind of Uchim, you'll see how I explain it there at Mashallah. Then he writes further, then we can save him further, because there's going to be, you know, population will, will increase, and there's going to be plenty of, of, of food and plenty of growth in the world. The animals won't be as vicious anymore. Um, I think that's how pronounce this word. And they'll be they'll 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 be appeased with each other. I think that's what this means. I think anyway. And um, indeed, Aristotle writes the same thing in a book on the nature of animals. in explaining he explains that animals don't attack each other as strongly in Egypt because there's plenty of food there. So in other words, when there's lack of, when there's less food, that's when animals kill each other. But when there's more food, they don't kill each other as much. So this is the what the Rebbe is talking about when the Rebbe says to see 
the Rambam in his letter, because over here he says a similar thing to the Ramban. Ramban said there's going to be lots of, uh, there's going to be plenty, and if there's no reason for the animals to come and attack human beings. And then I'm saying the same thing, quoting a book on natural, on natural philosophy from, from the sciences, from Aristotle, that in Egypt, apparently, animals don't attack each other as much because there's plenty of food there. And therefore, when Mashiach comes, maybe that's going to happen too. So we can keep it literal without upending nature. It's a natural phenomenon that there was plenty to eat. Animals don't attack each other. Never mind, don't attack people, but don't attack each other. Then the, Rebbe, then the Ramam goes on to say, you might suggest even more, maybe this, the Pesach is exaggerating. Then, it's all to say, it's not a certain to know if these things are literal or not literal. You shouldn't care so much about this. How are you going to explain these prophecies? We have to hope and believe, but if we're generally speaking, these issues, until Mashiach will come very soon, and then we'll find out then if it's a mess or a mashal. Okay, so we're going to get to that in the last piece a little bit later. But for now, it seems that the Rebbe is telling us to see that passage, which we just saw from Geset Ches HaMesim, where the Rambam writes a similar pshat to that which the Ramban writes Ala Torah. Now, it's interesting that when the Rebbe is explaining what the Ramban might understand the Pesach to mean, I'm sorry, when the Rebbe is explaining what the Rambam says the Pesach might be, he quotes the Ramban and tells us in the parentheses to see Geset Ches HaMesim. Not sure exactly why. Maybe because the Ramban is writing it as a view from the Torah's Kohenim. So this is, there's two options in the Torah's Kohenim, and one of them is to keep it literal. Whereas, as you can see from the context, the Ramban is not saying emphatically this is the way it's going to be because this is the correct shot in the Pasuk. He's saying maybe it means this way, or maybe, this, maybe, it's, a, maybe, maybe it's Guzma, or maybe it's limited to Yushalayim if it's, if it's literal. You know, so because the Ramban himself, as we, and we're going to see more of this soon in that letter, doesn't say emphatically that this is the way it has to be. Maybe that's what they puts in parentheses because it's not like a Pshitish Mikra type uh, explanation. It's more like a possibility. Maybe God's going to do that. Maybe God's not going to do that. Okay, so all to say that this explains why the Rambam quotes the Pasuk in Yeshaya as a stira to his opinion. The Pasuk in Yeshaya is saying this Gerizah even Keves, which is a change in natural phenomenon. And the Rambam says that that's a marshal. Why not do the same thing with the Pasuk in Bukh Kaisai? Answer, the Pasuk in Bukh Kaisai doesn't have to be a marshal. The Pasuk in Bukh Kaisai. There's not going to be any wild animals. could be quite literally. There's no wild animals coming to attack people in the land. Or the Rambam, or the Rambam put in the letter there that animals will have so much food they won't need to attack each other. And therefore, it's a natural change in reality, but not a, uh, doesn't present a contradiction directly to the Rambam's view, or as opposed to Yeshaya, which does, if, the Pasuk and Yishai is taken literally. Okay, so all to say, we're at this point where we understand that the Rambam is of the opinion that when Mashiach comes, there's no radical change in nature or no change in nature at all. Then there says, There's a contradiction to the Rambam's opinion. And this is mentioned above right here. When the Rambam says nothing's going to change in the world, the world's going to operate as it always has. And the there's a state of the Masha'an of Teres Kayanim, not which the Teres Kayanim writes, the Medrash, the Allahic Medrash called Teres Kayanim, Alapasak and Apasak, which says, the eight has the Yitin Piriyoy, and the tree of the field will give its fruit. So it says the Pasak of Teres Kayanim, Minayin Sha'afilani Sakasidim Lies, Oisin Pedes, 
how do we know, he says, the, 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 the Medrash there. The Medrash goes on to describe various different miracles that are going to happen uh, with the, in the change in the way produce is produced in the earth. And there the, the, the Medrash says, how do you know that even barren trees, srak means barren, trees that are barren, that don't bear fruit. that Moshiach comes, they will give fruit. That tree of the field, even though it's, it was just a regular eights of the field without any, you know, not, not part of an orchard that produces any fruit. It was an ordinary tree, but even then, Yitin Piriel will give its fruit. Well, that is easy to say from and a similar thing is said in Mesech Ksubis. Well, the other thing about says as follows. Omar Rukhi Barabba, Barashi. Rukhi Barashi said, Omar Rabbi Nimabrav, Asidin Kololul Yisrach Shabar Tisrael, that all, all barren trees in Eretisrael will, Shiitnu Pedos, will eventually bear fruit, even though now they are barren, they don't have fruit. Shinimar, the Prophet says, Ki eight, not superior, the tree will give its fruit. It's a of a gefe, not a chelon, and a vine and grape will show, a uh, fig and, and grape and vine will produce its strength. Right? And there's a Gemara there. This is the Prophet proves, Ki eight, not superior, that even a tree which ordinarily doesn't have fruit will, not superior, will carry its fruit. Now, this, this is clearly a change in nature. Right now, trees that don't have fruit, don't bear fruit. They're barren trees, which is why they're called the Lone Israq. And when Mashiach comes, they're going to bear fruit. So this is a snidda to the Dambam, which says there's not going to be any change. Okay, now let's look at the Ardas. This is the basic question. Funda the fundamental question is from this, this prophecy, which says it's going to be that trees that don't ordinarily bear fruit will start to bear fruit. Now, when the Rebbe says that Lahura, there's a stira from the Rambam, there's a stira on this opinion of the Rambam, says the, the Rebbe, go see the Rambam's own words about this issue, which is in the Geras Ches Mason, uh, chapter 6, which we just quoted, and which is going to be quoted again later in the Sikha. So let's look at this, at this uh, letter. And it's important to understand this because, you know, we're asking this question in the Rambam's opinion. And there's other Mepharshim, as we're going to see, that ask a similar question and suggest different answers. Now, the obvious question is, if the Rambam wrote a letter about this, defending his position, then why are we making our whole pulpul here? Just look at the words of the Rambam. You know, the words of the Rambam himself, he defended his position. Why? So why are we making this whole pulpul? So I think when we understand what the, what the Rambam does in this letter, we'll understand better than Mepharshim, and that way we'll understand the Sikha. So, Igeris, this letter is called the Geras Tchies HaMesim. The Geras Tchies is written in response to people who read, who read Rambam's book of Halach, a book of Halach, Sefer Yad, and they wrote strong letters denouncing the Rambam, the, the, this book, this, this forum, because the Rambam describes Mashiach's coming, doesn't describe Tchies HaMesim. And the uh, controversy got so great that the Rambam felt compelled to write like a whole long essay defending his position. And there he explains that um, people misunderstood what he was saying. And clearly the Rambam does believe in Mashiach and does obviously, you know, goes without saying, believes in Tchiesa Mesim, right? The Rambam himself is the originator of the one who um, formulated the 13 principles of our faith, one of which is the belief in Tchiesa Mesim. And um, so says the Rambam like this. Now in, in Oisvav, the Rambam addresses, in Oisvav of this essay, the Rambam addresses the, not the issue of Tchais Mason directly, although we'll get to that in a second, but he addresses this issue of Bechlal, the expectation that's going to be miracles when Mashiach comes, and his position that nothing's going to change. So he says like this, 
And if I'm not mistaken, by the way, these letters were written in Arabic. These are translations. The Karto, I think, maybe I'm wrong about that. If someone knows, you can put in the comments or message me that, I was, that I'm wrong. Many others have made a mistake in our words. The Sefer Chibur at the end of the Sefer Hayad, which we wrote the following quote. Don't think that Mashiach has to make miracles. Now, this is actually isn't Halacha Perikid Aleph. This is not the quote we said earlier from Perikid Beis. The quote that I opened up with that when Mashiach comes, nothing's going to change. That's the beginning of Perikid Beis. This is the beginning of Perikid where there it says, Mashiach doesn't have to do any miracles. And Mashiach doesn't have to revive the dead, doesn't have to do Mashiach. We also brought proof, and the proof is, as we're going to see later in the Sikha, is from Bar Kokhba, and you probably learned that Rambam already, so you know this, that Rambam writes that Rabbi Kiva followed Bar Kokhba and thought he was going to be Mashiach until he was killed, even though Bar Kokhba never did a miracle, they never asked him to, to perform any miracles. It's the Haraya that Mashiach doesn't have to do do miracles to prove his position. Now, says the Rambam, Now, those who are weak-minded people don't have a depth. They made the mistake in thinking that this statement somehow denies and that somehow this contradicts what I wrote in the Pirish Mishnayis, where the Rambam did, that's where the Rambam formulated the 13 principles, is, is in his Pirish Mishnayis written earlier on in his life. I believe it's his first maybe second Sefer he wrote, much earlier in his life. And that Kilu, the Rambam writing now that Mashiach doesn't have to make Tchis Mesim, is a stated to what he wrote, that, the print, that one of the principles of our faith is Tchis Mesim. Where they write, Tchis Mesim, you said, you said, the Satayda. Becholza, Pashat, Ein by Suffolk, place stated, this is obvious, there's no contradiction, and like you said here, Chalushe Balaya Iyun, those who lack the ability to think are making these mistakes. So let me clarify, said the Rambam. Vuhu, and this is as follows. Sh'anu Amarnu, that, that which we said in Helchus Malachim, that when Mashiach comes, you don't have to ask him to do any miracles, to go and shikisayam, or to split the sea, or Yechimesim, or to revive the dead, in some sort of miraculous way, or to prove actually that who he is. means actually, means a proof, I'm sorry, not Moifis as in miracle, Moifis as in a proof. He doesn't have to do these things to prove his validity. He doesn't have to do anything to prove his validity. The prophecy of the Mashiach coming has already been validated by the prophets of old, by the prophets in scripture, by the prophets of Tanakh. So then what do I mean when I say he doesn't have to do Mashiach, that he doesn't have to do Tichis Mason? One second, so before that. So the prophets in, in, in the Pesukim already describe what Mashiach, the Mashiach's prophecy, the, the prophecy of Mashiach's coming. So Mashiach himself doesn't have to do anything to prove his truth. It's already been proven by, 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 by Tanakh. So what does he have to do? All he has to do is live up to the standards of what Tanakh says. So so long as he fills the mandate of what's halachically required by Mashiach, he is Mashiach in stages. Cheskes Mashiach, Baden Mashiach, as you learned. But he doesn't have to do any miracles to prove the validity of him being Mashiach. Prophets, in order to prove that they are indeed prophets, there's, there's a whole set of halachas, that the Navi has to do certain things to prove that he's a Navi. But Mashiach doesn't have to do anything to prove that he's Mashiach other than Follow through with building the base restoring the line of the, the line of the king Machash David, and etc. And therefore, he says, "In what we wrote, that Mashiach doesn't have to do Tchis Amesim, he doesn't say Shashem I didn't write that God's not going to make Tchis Amesim. Hashem will revive the dead. 
as he wants, when kasher yirtza, when he wants, ulamisha yirtza, and and who he wants. Whether after Mashiach comes, or before Mashiach comes, or after Mashiach passes on. We're not talking about, I'm not talking about what God's going to do. I never wrote in the Sefer Halachas what God's going to do. In this statement, at least. In this statement, it says what Mashiach's going to do. And Mashiach doesn't have to revive the dead. If God wants to, God will. It's one of the foundations of our faith, and He will do it. But there's nothing to do with, I'm just trying to write the Halachas of how you define who Mashiach is. And when you're defining who Mashiach is, he doesn't have to do a miracle to prove who he is. That's the point. The main point here, says the Rambam, in anything we've written in our Sefer, anyone who's smart enough to look at it carefully will realize and not make a mistake. Except for maybe beginners might misunderstand what I said. But if you look clearly at what I said, and I wrote what Mashiach has to do, and that's where I left out because Mashiach doesn't have to do it. God will do it when, if, and how he wants. So this is how the Peregvav opens up. Then Peregvav continues into the paragraph we quoted earlier where he, where he says uh, the psukim that seem to be describing miraculous events and how they're probably mashalim or maybe it's natural phenomenon that we don't understand or maybe natural phenomenon like there's going to be lots of uh, abundance of food and therefore the animals won't attack. Or maybe it's a guzma, he writes. That's when this paragraph comes in. I didn't quote the entire Oizvav, and I really suggest you look at the Gersef Mason in its entirety. Certainly, Oizvav, you should learn it well. But the, the relevant sections that he quotes. So, the, so we just read the opening. In the previous one, we read the middle. And then comes the end of Oizvav, which reads as follows. V'dai, you should know. All these, vow, all these promises. Which we said earlier as a marshal. It's not absolute. Like, as if I know that for sure it's going to be a marshal. Maybe God's going to do a miracle. I have no idea, says the Rambam. We never got any vision from God like the marshal to inform us that it's a marshal. And we have no tradition that goes back to the Chachamim and goes back to the prophets which says that this is, this is the marshal. What brought me to this conclusion is that which I'm about to explain to you. And that is as follows. Our desire, says the Rambam. And the desire of all those who are wise, who are unique, uh, proper thinkers, which is the opposite of what the masses want. The, the masses of people who learn, somehow it's better to them, more precious, and sweeter to their, mis- to their foolishness, to make Torah and logic and rationale opposites. Hasaisims there which contradict each other. Torah is miraculous and defies nature, defies rationale. And therefore they explain everything that they can't understand. And they say, oh, it's a miracle. And therefore they com- completely like negate that there might just be natural phenomenon being described here. Whether they're reading that which happened in past, or whether they're talking about current experiences, or whether they're describing what's going to happen in the future. These people love to assign everything as miracle. Because to them, Torah and rationale are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And Torah is about defying rationale. And this is foolish, says the Rambam. Quite strong language. We want to make one between rationality and Torah. 
And therefore, I try my best to explain everything. Stories of the past, um, um, prophecies of the future, in as natural phenomenal as, po- phenomenal as possible. Zuli, Zulasi, with the exception of anything which is, says explicitly, this is a miracle, and there's no other way of explaining it. Then we'll have to say it's a nest, it's a miracle, because the Apostle says it's a miracle. In other words, what I'm telling you is like this. Just because I'm not looking for miracles, doesn't mean I don't believe in miracles. Miracles is a real thing. Hashem does it, and Hashem is going to do it. But as a general principle, we're not looking to make everything in Torah miraculous. And therefore, if we can say that the prophecies are, are, are a marshal, we'll say it's a marshal. Am I absolutely certain it's a marshal, says the Rambam? Absolutely not. How do I know? If God wants to do a miracle, he will do a miracle. What can I say? Now, if that's what the Rambam says himself, then what's the story with this whole sikha and all these mafarshim saying that, you know, there's contradictions. The Rambam said the world's going to continue. Um, there's prophecies that say otherwise. There's prophecies that say it's going to be changed in nature. You know, first of all, the response is, well, those prophecies are also martial, number one, right? And number two, I already just told you that I, I don't know for certain that that's the case. Maybe, maybe God will make a miracle. Maybe it won't be a miracle. I don't know. Mashiach comes, we'll find out. So what's the story with all this? Now, as for the issue that Lachura, these prophecies could also be martial, that was going to address that right at the beginning of the next voice. And then he's going to explain why specifically this prophecy about barren trees bearing fruit cannot be a marshal because of the context in which it's public, in the context in which it's written in the Gemara. It must be literal. In other words, as we're going to see, it's true that in the Ramam's view, basically most of what the Chachamim write about Mashiach's coming are a marshal. And even so, he's not saying emphatically it's a marshal. He's saying, it seems to me it's a marshal because I like to, um, you know, rationalize as much as I can of Torah. But maybe God's going to make it a miracle, and so be it, it'll be a miracle. But this specific prophecy about barren trees bearing fruit, that that I was going to prove must be literal. And that's why there was kasha really comes in. That's number one. Number two, and I think this is, number two is more appropriate for the other Mepharshim, because the other Mepharshim, uh, especially the first one, it's not going to discuss about the trees. It's going to discuss other prophecies uh, that seem to be a problem. So I, I think the reason why those Mepharshim are uh, not ignoring the, the Ramam's letter, but not taking it into account, it would seem at least, is because even if it's true that the Rambam writes in his letter that maybe it will be miraculous, maybe it won't, maybe it'll be a marshal, I don't know. But Lapoil Mamish, in his book of Halakha, he wrote it's going to be a marshal which means that view that it's a marshal must be substantiated by based on all of Torah. Even if Lepoil Mamash is accepting that maybe my view is not the ultimate view, and maybe that when Mashiach comes, I'll find out that it's miraculous, and Amam accepts that. But nonetheless, if he's going to write in the Sefer Halacha that it's a marshal, then that must be substantiated in all of Torah. Even if Lepoil that Amam accepts that maybe this is not the ultimate. This is Lechura why all the Mepharshim Muchizich to explain this in Amam. Uh, that says that, it's, that, that, that uh, there's not going to be any change when the Lord of the prophecy says there's going to be change. They all much as if, because even if the Rambam accepts himself in, his let, in, in the Geist Chesim Mason, that it may actually be literal, but the Lord of have to substantiate the halachic view. This is the Lord of what, what's, what's going on in, in, with all these Mepharshim. And with the Rebbe as well. Now here's the beauty. 
another thing to be noted also is that, as I mentioned before, um, when the Rambam said that all I said was Mashiach won't have to do a miracle, that's what he said in Perakit Aleph. But in Perakit Beis, as we're going to learn later in the Sikha, the Rambam doesn't describe what Mashiach is going to do. He's describing what God's going to do, right? Because he says here, Don't think that when Mashiach comes, not just Mashiach the person, but the Messianic era, there won't be any miracles, which seems actually to contradict this idea because this is a description not just of what Mashiach is going to do, but of what the state of the world is going to be. And that becomes more sticky even when you look at the Raman's letter, because the Raman's letter is just saying, Mashiach won't do miracles, but God doesn't have to, or maybe he will. But here in Perikid Bay, the Raman's making a statement about not just what Mashiach will do the person, but what God's going to do in the era of Mashiach's coming. So that makes it, number one, more of a problem. But put, be that as it may, what's going to be the beauty in the Rebbe's beard is that all the other beardim, even if you were to answer the Rebbe's questions that the Rebbe has on these beardim, and the Rebbe's questions are obviously strong questions on these other beardim, the other beardim um, fall short in that their explanations are not reflected in any way in what the Rebbe wrote in his letter. Even if they somehow are good ways of explaining the Rambam and Sefer Hayyad, they, they're not in line with what, he just, with what we just read from his letter where he says, I don't know, maybe God's going to do it, maybe not, God's not going to do it. But we're going to see it in the Lesicha. And the Rebbe's beard, Batut Kufus, in Sefer Hayyad actually goes perfectly in line with the Geras and Rambam. And that's, that, I think, is one of the Gavaldic Chalishim here, is that the Rambam's, the Rambam's beard in Rambam, in Sefer Hayyad, doesn't ignore or go parallel to um, what he writes in the Geras and Rambam which is what the other Biyurim are doing. The other Biyurim are substantiating or trying to substantiate that I'm using the Sefer Hayat while, you know, putting the letter as like a, you know, kind of, I don't want to say ignoring it, but they're kind of putting it in a different box that it belongs there. Whereas they were going to see in the Rebbe's beer that as the Rebbe explains the Rambam and Sefer Hayat, it's oil of Kana Echad Mamish, with that which the Rambam writes in, in this, in this uh, Oizvav of Egeris So That's something that's very phenomenal, which I'm excited to share with you as we get there. So that was Hara 10. Now let's get to Hara 14. Never writes, it's like a schmack little topol here in this Hara. Each, each Hara is like a shtickle topol on its own, as you can see. And as we go further and further in the Sikha, there's more and more such mini tangent topolum coming from the Haras. So the Rebbe um, quoted the Terrace Kalenim in the Ksubis, the Gemara Ksubis, which says that. Ilone Srak, barren trees will bear fruit. And says the Rebbe that this is not just Thomas' significance in a change in, in nature of the world, but actually has halachic ramification also, right? Because halacha must follow the natural order of things. So if there's a change in nature, or, or actually the, the set position of the way nature is today is deemed much stronger when that nature actually changes the halacha of how you behave. Namely, says the Rebbe like this, the difference between these two trees, Eitz Michael, a tree that bears fruit, and barren trees, is a halachic designation, not just, not just a, a uh, you know, natural phenomenon. And Ureli Gamma Kamon Har 25, I think it's supposed to say Har 24. And here's the halachic distinction between barren trees, and trees that bear fruit. The Eitz Michael, when it comes to Eitz Michael, Nema the Pasik says, You're not allowed to destroy it. Rak, but the Pasik says there, the next Pasik, Eitz Asher Teda, a tree that you know, that it's a barren tree, it doesn't produce fruit. Of course, that's a tree you're allowed to cut down. So you see how lucky difference. 
So when you're going to battle and you're surrounding a city, Torah says that if the tree bears fruit, don't take it down. You cannot cut it down. But if the tree is barren, you may cut it down. So this change in nature is not just a question of a natural phenomenon, but it has a lot of bearing as well. When it comes to trees that bear fruit, you may not cut it down. And that besides the sources for that idea in Rambam and Gemara. Let's see this footnote. Now, if when Mashiach comes, barren fruit will give fruit, and you shouldn't be able to cut down even barren trees, because one day they're going to be produce fruit. That's what the Rebbe says. Don't ask. Based on what we just wrote. Because the Allah is, you cannot cut down trees that will bear fruit even in the winter. Even though at the time, they're not producing any fruit. Right? The apple tree in the winter doesn't have any apples. But you still can't cut it down. Why? Because later in the summer, it's going to produce apples. So, why would you be allowed to cut down barren trees today? Even though now they are barren fruit, they're going to produce fruit in the, later. So in the same way, I can't cut down barren fruit in the winter, uh, barren trees in the winter because in, in the summer, it's not going to be barren. So even though the tree right now is a barren tree, maybe I shouldn't be allowed to cut it down because in a minute from now, Mashiach is going to come. It's going to become not a barren tree anymore. So how am I allowed to cut it down? <laughs> so says the Rebbe. And now the Rebbe shows the other way around. Not just that the halachic does it, not, not just that the natural phenomenon has halachic bearing, but actually the halacha is what defines its nature. The Torah makes a distinction between that which is barren and that which gives fruit. But Omra, the Torah says, If you know it doesn't make fruit, cut it down. The issue is to cut down a tree, which now Torah designates as one that gives fruit. And if Torah gave this tree that designation, even if right now it's not bearing fruit because it's winter time, you still can't cut it down. But a tree which the Torah gave it, the designation of a barren tree, even though when she is going to come, it's going to bear fruit. It's not part of the prohibition of cutting it down. We're going to learn soon probably in the next year, not in this video, but in the next video, that um, there's different opinions as to what exactly it means the trees are going to bear fruit and whether or not this is an inherent chidosh in the tree or not. And certainly, if we're going to go with the opinion that it's actually an inherent chidosh, then certainly until that chidosh arrives, right now, this tree is still designated by Torah as a barren tree and therefore don't ask why you're allowed to cut it down. This is Ois Aleph. This is Rebbe's Kasha. How could the Rambam say that Mashiach comes, no change to natural phenomenon? There is a change simply by, by, uh, because the Gemara, based on the fact that the Gemara and the Torah is kind of right, that when Mashiach comes, trees that today don't bear fruit will eventually bear fruit. And that is clearly a change in the natural order of the world. Now says the Rambam, you could have said, the Pashtos, that according to Rambam's view, that this is also Marshal Vachida. When it says that Ilan Israq are going to bear fruit, it's also Marshal. This is the, the most Pashtistic answer. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, Rebbe is going to show that in context of these sources, Teres Kerem and the Gemara, it cannot be a Marshal, it has to be literal, which is why specifically this is the Rebbe's Kasha, not other Yudim not other described elsewhere, which also seem to be a change in natural phenomenon. Because those things can be 
um, you know, said as the marshal. But these have to be literal, as we're going to demonstrate in a moment. But before that, let's look at our 14 star, which was back to the page before. And there it says, now, it's a great to say. That the Rambam's of the view, that the statement in Teres Ksubis, and the opinion which is speaking in Ksubis, who delike Shmuel, is an argument against Shmuel. Shmuel is the one who says that Shmuel is the one who said that the Yemaisa Mashiach is not going to cause any change between our world as we know it, other than the fact that we're going to live uh, in peace and security and without, without the um, foreign rule of foreign governments. Now, maybe he said that, I want to suggest that these sources which say that trees will bear fruit miraculously is not the opinion of Shmuel. And Shmuel, as we're going to learn soon, the Rambam Paskins like Shmuel, which is why he says there's no change between this world and the world to come, right? This is the, this is the statement that they were alluded to here. The same could come on Sifches. So why is that? For first of all, this is a Deuch Gadol. Why is it a Deuch Gadol? I, I don't know. But Lechuda, because it's a Deuch Gadol because now you're inventing a new Machlekes. Why should we invent a new Machlekes? You don't have to. Maybe. Anyway, he never says, in, in the star here, they're actually supports the idea of saying that it's a Machlekes. Because Mephrat, the Baal HaMaimer, B'Ksubis, we Rav. So in Ksubis, which they were quoted here, Omar Afriya Bar Ashi, Omar Rav. And Rav is very often the Bar Plukta of Shmuel. So when Shmuel says, Ein Ben Elam Hazem Esmashech El Shim Machas Bavad, maybe Rav argues and says, there is going to be a Shinoi. And one of the Shinoim is, Ilan Yisraka will give trees. But this, the Rebbe says, is Deich HaGadol. Um, why to Deich HaGadol on its own? Again, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's because, like, why would you invent a new Machlekes that's not there? But now the Rebbe did, but later, now the Rebbe does prove why it can't be a Machlekes. And this is also clear from the fact that in the Rambam's commentary to the Mishnah, Again, I think it's R75. Well, there we're going to quote the Rambam, which says, where there he explains Chazal that, which said that, that uh, sorry, and the opinion of the one who says that Eretz Yisrael will start producing ready made food, like pastries. And there, the Rambam writes that it's a marshal. And he doesn't simply say, oh, this doesn't follow the opinion of Shmuel. Now, if it's right that it's a machlekes, then the Rambam should have said, that follows Shmuel. And then why does the Rambam have to go on to say that it's a marshal? So clearly the Rambam is accepting that um, this is all one opinion. Everybody agrees with all these statements, unless definitively the Gemara says it's a machlekes. And therefore, even Shmuel must agree with the statement that when Mashiach comes, he's going to produce barren trees will produce fruit. And if that's the case, it's a stidr. Rambam writes, nothing's going to change. And here, something is going to change. Okay. The Rebbe says, which is against Shmuel. Um, that we're going to get to later when we discuss that. It's going to come up later in the Sikha. Okay. So at this point, the Rebbe is suggesting that maybe you can say 
that when uh, when it says that Ilan Israq will produce fruit, it is a Moshav al-Khidr. Sterba suggests now uh, one explanation in the Pnim and one explanation in the Ha'ara as to what might be the Moshal of barren trees bearing fruit. We'll do them by way of examples of the Rebbe. Eitz Michael Murik Mamar Chazal, Eitz Michael, a tree that bears fruit, is a Moshal for and barren trees, it just refers to and therefore, what's the marshal? That lost love of Mashiach comes, even, even uh, barren trees, people who aren't uh, scholarly, will produce food, that's one way of understanding it, or some other explanation that might explain it. So let's see the footnotes here. So let's look at both of these things. So the Enyakov, of course, collects all the drush in the Gemara, including the drush at the end of Ksubis. Rebbe told us first to look at the Anaf uh, Yosef and then to look at the Enyakov. So let's start off with the Anaf Yosef. Anaf Yosef writes, quoting the Gemara, the Gemara Ksubis that we're quoting. Hakavana, the meaning here is, in the Pasuk says, Then all the trees of the field of the forest will dance for you, or sing. to say, Man is a tree of the field. And when a tzaddik behaves properly, he makes, he makes fruit. And therefore he's considered a tree of the field, which is making fruit. And the Rishoyim are barren trees, which aren't making fruit. And these are the Trees of the forest, not tree of the field. Tree of the field makes fruit. Where this is tree of the forest. Everybody's going to be on one page. And Hashem will be revealed to all. And therefore, and therefore they will sing to you all the trees of the forest. Meaning to say, even the Rishayim, who are trees of the forest, who don't produce fruit. And this is the meaning. Okay, it's a lot of Yosef. is basically the same thing as the Rebbe. That or they're saying that's that the Amaratsim will produce fruit. In other words, start to learn Torah and Maisim Tovim just like the Tumadikh. Then they were told to look at the Iyun Yaakov. So let's look at the Iyun Yaakov. Right, the Lashon Rebbe was Lahoyagam. So what does it say there? So he quotes the Gemara before. The Gemara just before it says, Darish ben Davaba, Katakori Batadikhaman. That when the generation when Mashiach comes. It's going to be like uh, lots of uh, claims and, and, and speaking derogatory against the Tamil Chacham. So says the Iyun Yaakov, Ef Shalem Artam, you might say the reason is the Fibad Isa Bidakot Ravani, that which says in the Madrish Yaakot Ravani, will be Rishim Yitzchayim, Davchof, Shadechei, Todamarishim, that through the sin of Odamarishim, Yitzchabru, Aklipas, Rabatov, good and bad got mixed, Tumash Letzpis, the Kedusha, and Tumah controls Kedusha. And if anyone is a greater person, Yitzhakadamman has a greater Yitzhara because Tumah attacks Kedusha. Well, they took a Nurach and therefore the Tumah is only going to be removed, allowing the Kedusha to express itself. And therefore, She's the, which is means there's going to be like the, 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 it's a reference to the Gemara also there in Kesubis, which says that the that there'll be um, 
like uh, Yerushalayim will be splundered, splundered, uh, plundered once and twice. And Shadeze Yitzukin Hachet, and through that, the sin, the original sin will be rectified, the sin of the Chet Yitzdas, and that will remove the spirit of impurity from the world. And that's why it's connected here. That which the Gemara is about to say, and there's a connection. Previous statements talking about them being attacked. That's because we're, we're, we're trying to get rid of the dregs. We're getting rid of the negativity to reveal the truth of what Tamil have. And that's the connect, and this is all a ticket of the of Khitidas. And therefore that flows right into what he says here that Elon Isaac will, will produce fruit. The fish, Elon Isaac, because the same curse that caused negativity to attack uh, Tuma, to attack Kedusha, it's the same curse given to other Machava that caused trees to be barren. And because the Chet will be rectified, therefore the curse is also rectified. My time loss of the Malar, it's this. Okay. So what exactly they were telling us? What exactly does this Iyun Yaakov add? Over here we're trying to say how it's a marshal v'chida. That this too is also a marshal. And there was beer with the, along with the Onof Yosef is that Ilona Yisrak refers to Amir Aratzen and Eitz Michael refers to Mitachamim and Ilona Yisrak, Amir Aratzen will be just like the Mitachamim comes. We're trying to say how there's a marshal going on here. What does it have to do with the Iyun Yaakov? I'm not sure. Uh, just Again, if you have thoughts, leave it in the comments or uh, send me a message. It could be related to something that they're going to show us in um, R21, and they're going to quote to Maybe we'll come back to that. Okay. Back to the Prim of the Sikha. So they gave us one shot as to how this, uh, this uh, prophecy about Lon Isaac, Isapetus, is a marshal for Amaratzim and Tamanachacham. Then the Rebbe says, We can have other similar pshatim. And in Ara 18, the Rebbe tells us what that might be. And in this Ara, the beautiful Avis Yisrael from the Rebbe, you can see it's, it's very beautiful. Okay, Alpimah Merazal, here's another explanation we might offer to explain how, this, how the Ilona Yisrak and Michael are all, and, and it's Michael are Marshall. Alpimah Merazal Saita. That which the Gemara says in Saita, we'll look it up in a second. Within the Gemara says, My Pedes Mitzvahs. What are Pedes? That refers to Mitzvahs. Even someone who today is only in the category of being filled with a pomegranate, being filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate is filled with seeds. I'll do much more. It's so gishmak, this obviously, because the Pasha is what the Rebbe is trying to say. The Rebbe is trying to say that the, the marshal is that today people don't have mitzvahs, and when Shia comes, we'll have mitzvahs, as opposed to Amaratsam and Tamedacham. It's a similar. Kind of thing, whether you're talking about learning Torah or you're talking about mitzvahs, right? But how did I describe people who don't do mitzvahs? There was a chas v'shalom such a thing. He doesn't do mitzvahs. Those who the Gemara says is molly mitzvahs kerimun, which the Gemara says rekonin shebehem. Those are the emptiest of them. Those people who are only quote unquote molly mitzvahs kerimun will have even more. Just gavaldika avos yisrael. The Rebbe doesn't want to refer to a yid as lacking Torah, lacking mitzvahs. He has plenty of mitzvahs. The, the, the marshal is that when Mashiach comes, love even more mitzvahs. Okay, so let's look up the Gemara. So you have the Gemara in Saita, which says, my pay this mitzvahs. And we have the Gemara in Tainus, which we didn't look up yet, 
where there the Gemara Tainas compares a eight to a Talmud, to a Talmud Chacham. So let's see that. So first we look at the Gemara Tainas, the famous Gemara Tainas, Kiyadu Meitz Asada. Man is a tree of the field. That the literal shot in the pasuk is he, it's a question mark. Kiyadu Meitz Asada is a man of the tree of the field. Did the tree do anything to you? Why are you cutting it down? Don't cut it down. The pasuk we saw earlier about the um, not cutting trees down. But the pasuk takes it. Um, the Gemara takes it in, in a drush oifen to mean that literally a man is a tree of the field. And the Gemara asks, is a man a tree of the food? The tree of the field. Because it says certain trees you should eat from, and others, and you shouldn't cut it down. That it says of other trees, that when you should cut down the kardes. So how it has its work. And therefore, if is a proper you should become a student. Nashi's view, this is a different ways of learning this Gemara. And don't, don't stay away from it. Don't go, don't leave this teacher because he's a Tamil Chacham Hagam. If not, cut him out of your life. Don't learn from a Tamil Chacham, which is not Hagam. Okay, so this is the Gemara which compares a person to a eight, specifically Tamil Chachamim, and whether it's Tamil Chacham Hagam or not Hagam. Okay, now here's the Gemara, uh, the Gemara in Saita, which said, My pet is mitzvahs. So very quickly, the Gemara says, Amr Rabbi Yechim said, Amr Rabbi Yechim and Shaul, Rabbi Yechim and Shaul said, Right, they did with the Egla Rufa, they found a dead person out of the city, and it's a travesty because this person died and the, he left the town, and no one took care of him to make sure that he's going to have everything he needs so he wouldn't die. And it's a din, you have to take out the, the uh, Egla Rufa and do a, um, and you have to take it to the, to the, to the river and chop, uh, cut its head and the blood flows and so on. Right, there has to be a young, a young, uh, an egg is a young, is a young, is a young uh, sheep. says, Take this young kid, is a proper English word, that doesn't, that hasn't produced um, fruit. And its head should be cut off in a place that doesn't produce fruit. Meaning in a barren, it has to be a place that's barren. Near a river that's a barren place, doesn't have any uh, trees that can make fruit. And it will atone for someone, for those people of the city nearby who didn't let this guy produce fruit. Okay, so the guy who died is not producing fruit as a result of his early death. So my paytas, what's the meaning of paytas? What does it mean that this guy who died can't prepare fruit? Even if you mean literally offspring, he can't have any children because he died early. What about the older guy? He already had his children years ago. He's not producing any more children. What about Asadis? What about someone who's incapable of producing children? Are you saying you don't do Egla Rufa? Because it's only for someone to be machaper and someone who doesn't have paytas? Ella, what do we mean? Mitzvahs. What we mean is that you cut his life short and now he doesn't have the ability to do mitzvahs. And that's the paytas. Okay, so these are the sources for this idea. Number one, that paytas are referred to in mitzvahs. And the other one, that trees are referred to in the Now, in the footnote, there it tells us also, Nara 18, Silukut Asichas Chilak Dal, Amud 1114. Not looking it up, but over there, that actually connects the two Gemaras, which is interesting enough. Okay. Back to the Pinim. So the Rebbe says, Mapashtos, you might say that the Shiloh of how the Rambam saying that nothing's going to change when Mashiach comes. The Stira to the fact that the Torah's credit in the Medrash said, the Gemara says that barren trees will bear fruit. Barren trees born fruit is a miracle. So says the Rebbe Pashtos, why not say this too is a marshal? But says the Rebbe, 
Can't say this. Key. First of all, it's difficult to say that the words of the Chachamim are only a marshal. Nevim, you could say it's only, it's only a marshal. But the words of the Chachamim can't be only said only a marshal. It's a kosher loimar. Now, I, I'm not sure why, what the kosher loimar is, especially when we look at Behar 19. Rebbe tells us to see the Rambam and Hilchus Chuva and the Ravid. And Pirish Mishnayis, again, the same one words. Now, in Pirish Mishnayis later, which we mentioned, we, we made reference to earlier, where the Rambam actually says that the words of the Chachamim are a marshal. And the same thing in the Rambam in Hilchas Chuvah, Perak Tes, Halacha Beis. Not look up the whole thing. Over there, it talks about Olam Haba. Where there, it says that Mashiach comes uh, in Olam Haba, which is after Mashiach's time. We'll get into this later, what the difference between Yemais Mashiach and Elam Haba is. But Elam Haba, in the Ramah's opinion, is when Tzadikim no longer have bodies. It's just pure neshamas. And there it says, They're going to have uh, um, crowns on their heads. So it says, the Rambam, if they're a neshama without a gulf, so what kind of head with what kind of crown? So therefore it says, it's knowledge, it's a marshal. Now, this statement that they're saying Sadikim will have crowns in their heads is a is from the Chachamim, not from Nevi'im. So here I'm saying that even Divri Chachamim are a marshal Vachidim. Now that I've heard, um, we have also told to look us up, says that it is literal. And he says that they're gonna, when they're going to wear crowns on their heads, it means literally when they wake up, when there's Tchisim Mason, they're going to have, they're going to have uh, these crowns. You at this, Ataris Kamashmon, Kapshutim, Velo, you Marshal. It won't be just a Marshal. So, Debra tells us over here to see the Rambam that it is a Marshal. Two locations in the Rambam. One from Hilchis that the crowns on the heads are Marshal. A Marshal for lots of knowledge that the, that the Tzadikim will have in the Mahaba when they're no longer in a body. Okay, let's just make this clear because maybe it's going to be confusing. In the Rambam's opinion, there's Yemaisa Mashiach and there's Elam Haba. Elam Haba, the world to come, is not the same thing as Yemaisa Mashiach. That's a time when after Mashiach comes, the Shamas will leave Gufim, leave the bodies, and there they're going to be Nenem Ezevashchina. Now, of course, Chassidus Paskins that the ultimate Nenem Ezevashchina is Chesim Mason and Neshama Inoguf. But the Rambam writes that after Neshamas Begufim is another stage of Neshamas Beloy Gufim. And that's when the that's when the Chachazal say, that Tzadikim will be Yoshu Nenem Ezevashchinam if they say in Bereshayen is talking about Olam Haba when they will not have bodies anymore. Okay, so it's, and therefore if they don't have any bodies, obviously the crown is a marshal. So I, I, back to this point here, I don't understand why the Rebbe is saying, again, someone has an explanation, please put in the comments or send me a message. Why the Rebbe is saying the Bechal, it's hard to say that Divitanoyim are only a marshal. He just put a footnote with Ramam says it is a marshal. And moreover, I want to show you something interesting. Famous about that you're all aware of this famous sikha. And there the Rebbe explains, the whole beer there, but at one point the Rebbe introduces certain Mepharshim that say that the story of Kam Rabbi Shachta is a marshal. 
And therefore, there are those that want to suggest that Kamrab of Shachar is also is also Marshall. And they puts here the sources for this idea. But then it goes on to say that it can't be only a Marshall because Lapoil Kamrab of Shachar has halachic bearing. And when a story in Tana in, in uh, Chazal have halachic bearing, it has to be literal because you don't take halacha from a shalom. Anyway, I'm just showing this to you to, to show you that there is precedent, even look the suchas, for this idea that Divri um, Chazal are a marshal. So why is there saying, Kashalimar, it's hard to say that Divri Tanoim are are only a marshal. I don't know. Maybe there means only in the context of prophecies of Mashiach's coming, that prophecies in the Tanoim of Mashiach's coming are about them, that they are only a marshal? I, I don't know. But again, if anybody has any suggestion, please uh, please share with me. Okay, so now, benoisif to the fact that it's difficult to say that divrei tanoim amaroim are marshal v'chidah. Here's the real reason why you can't say it's a marshal. This idea of ilon esrak oisim peris. Maimar nabo teres koinim. The statement teres koinim. Babahem sheikh lakamba brachas. It's it's all the whole litany of brachas that are going to happen. Where the toichin and the context is including the bracha which says your pasuk nasna or the pasuk in um, against in bukhkaisai beginning of bukhkaisai the nasna or the uh, the 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 earth will give forth its produce the eitz sorry its imperioi and the tree of the field will give its fruit. And the, there it says, like it there, not the way fruits are born, to, are, are produced today. That fruits will bear the way it was done when, when other Marishim was here. Before the Chet, you plant and it produces right away the first that day. The tree itself is eaten. So the context there is that the, that the world is going to go back to the way it was prior to the Chet. And that is certainly talking about behind the Shabrachim. So because the context is the Gashmias, Muzmanzogan, this yud that Ilan Israq will become will produce fruit, must also be the Gashmias. So it's the context, as I mentioned before, that Stam to bring quotes from the, the quotes from Chachamim or, or, or from the Vim that say there's miracles, and I will just write it write it off, Kivyachal, as a marshal. But this one can't be done that way because the context indicates that it's literal. Because the whole list there is, is things that are own, that, that are literal in nature. Right? Like I said, Mashenkin, Mamre Chazal gives e- contrasts again to Mamre Chazal, which could be a marshal. Again, further asking, further uh, solidifying my question about what, what's Kosh Alayim that I mentioned there. But anyway, so Mashenkin, Mamre Chazal, Shabbos, Asidim, Ilone, Shemoitzin, Peres, Bechoyoyim, Balihad, Gosh, Kedera, Shoyz, Mimad, Mishin, Eimokhak, Kupshutai. Maybe it's not Kupshutai. The Gemara over there, when it says that every day it's going to take a day for fruit, fruit to produce, 
You're not saying the way it was when other Mauritian was here. Maybe it's like a marshal. For the fact that the terrorist Kalinim keeps on repeating itself, that these are things that are going to happen the way it was by the Mauritian is from the context that it means literally. And therefore, when the terrorist Kalinim says that Ilan and Israq are going to make fruit, it must be literal. This statement, which is the closing statement of the Gemara Mksubis, that Ilan and Israq are going to bear fruit, this statement comes in continuation to, the, to that which it says right before that, to other statements, which must be literally. For example, and others would pay respects to Eretz Yisro. We're actually going to look at this Gemara soon. Um, but th- th- these things are literal, that there's going to be complaints and, and, and uh, claims made against the Chachamim. That's not a martial, that's literal. And the fact that Rebbe when he would walk to Eretz Yisro, at least in Rashi's Pshat, he would straighten out the road so that people don't complain about Eretz Yisro. Like if there was like a ditch in the road, he would fill it up. So there's a stumbling block in the road, he would remove it. That's literal. And therefore, if following these statements, the Kibin Chikane, considering that, Mistaber, So it makes sense that the, even this statement, that I see is also Kapshutai, given the context. Okay, let's see the hardest here. Starting with Hara 21. So see Tysis, Retus, Subis, Kuvidal, Kuvid Bays, Bays, Yamaskal, I the last Tysis in the Mesechta, which I think I have here. Yep, I do. Tysis says, so the flow of the Gemara is like this. The Gemara talks about the Yudim of Mashiach's times. It talks about um, the preciousness of Eretz Yisrael. And then it goes back to Mashiach's time. And there it says that, all, that Ilan Yisrael will, will produce fruit. So it says the Tysis, why is it doing that? If you should write to the assignment of a the Gemara wants to end on a good note. And the statement before was about how the Chacham are going to be Kategoria, there's going to be complaints against the Chacham. So, in order to conclude on a good note, look at Lahacha, the Gemara quotes this statement here, but doesn't talk about it earlier, where earlier the Gemara does talk about uh, trees, or the Gemara does talk about the miraculous nature of trees growing, loss of love. So, instead of putting the statement there, it put the statement over here to be Messiah and Metoyf. Now, this seems to be contradiction with what the Rebbe just said. Rebbe just finished saying that because this statement comes behemshik to statements that are literal, the statements of Kategori with Chachamim and Rebbe who would pave the ways of Yerushalayim, that proves that the, that the statement of Rebbe about Allah and is also literal. But here Tresis is saying that doesn't really belong here, it belongs earlier. And earlier could be talking about Mishalim. But the Rebbe says, Alpia Yedua, based on that which is known, even when something is quoted, there has to be some connection to the previous statement. It's not completely unrelated. There has to be some connection. Everything is betachas adiyuk. Everything is bashrach purpose. And we know the Rebbe is often of learning. Nothing is by accident. Nothing is stam. But everything is betiyuk. So even if the, you know, the reason why the statement is here at the end is because the Messiah betoyv and really belongs earlier, which maybe or maybe not is talking about Mashalim. But nonetheless, because it's here, it must have a connection to the previous statement. And the previous statements are literal and therefore should be this one too literal. This last statement and the statement just before are at least equal that they're all literal. Now, see the Gemara there earlier, the Ayri Bahani Mili, where there it does talk about this, these issues. That's Lashon HaTaisvis, which we saw here, right? Taisus says that he didn't mention the statement earlier when he talked about it, but he mentioned it now because it writes in the Simon So go see the Gemara there where it does talk about these things. 
and today are 24, see are 24. So we're going to look at hard 24 now. Okay. So in the plim that I've said, that given the context that this statement in Subas is coming behemshech to statements that are literal, must be that this one's literal too. Now that Rebbe says, the Gambam is that even this statement, freestanding, should be the Kipshutte. Why? Because maybe Raimah Kosov, what's the Pasuk that, that the Gemara brings? Gemara brings the Pasuk, unlike the Tarnas Karnin, which says, the Pasuk says, That's the Pasuk that the Gemara here brings, which is a Pasuk in Yoel. And that Gemara, in, that the Pasuk in Yoel is talking about literally years of famine and years when things, and don't worry about the famine because there's going to be years when there's going to be plenty. So those Pasukim are literally talking about literal. And therefore, when the Gemara here quotes this Pasuk as a proof that, that because the Pasuk says, it's not superior, that the tree itself will bear fruit. So even a tree which is normally doesn't bear fruit will now bear fruit. Because those Pasukim are coming from a literal context, then this also makes sense to be, con- to be literal. And Masha Enkin, this is not the same. Mithne said earlier, later, earlier in the Gemara, of which Taisvah said, right, Taisvah said that this statement that Rabbi Chia should have been there. But it was only put here, but look over there, where it also says a similar statement, where it says, that you're going to have every tree in Eretz even a barren tree, will produce so much that it's going to take two donkeys to carry it. So over there, it does say the same statement, that Ilan Israq are going to produce fruit. But which Pasuk does it bring? It comes from the Pasuk in Bayechi, from the Brachis of Yaakov to Yehuda. That the vine will be pulled by, by, by the children, by the kids of donkeys. So let's look at, let's look at the Gemara and get clarity here. Okay, so let's just see the Pasuk first of all. The Pasuk says, this is the Pasuk of Yaakov giving the Brachis to Yehuda, where he says, Asiri legefen iroi will have to, um, the grape will be carried by a donkey, on the and to a shereka, which Rashi teaches, right? Rashi teaches on Chumash, that shereka is muro aruka, is a long vine. Bene Asanai will be carried also on the donkeys, and that's how big it's going to be. Kibis behind Lavushai is going to be so much abundance of wine, he's going to be able to wash his clothing in wine, but that one of them, and the blood of grapes, another way of saying wine. Soy soy, he'll wash a cloak. Kalichye enayim miyayin, his eyes will become glazed over in red. Right, that's how she touches it. Olaven shinayim, mecholaven, his teeth become white from, from milk. So as Rashi says in the Torah, as you can see here, nisnavel al eretz yehuda shtei meshechis yayin kemayin, that the land of the land of Yehuda will be flowing with uh, with um, Lots and lots of wine. Okay, we say that. But the Gemara now learns this on not a literal level. This is the original, this is the Gemara in Subas earlier, not the last statement of Rabbi Chiba Rab, which says, sorry, Rabbi Chiba Rashi Omarav, right? Rabbi Chiba Rashi Omarav, which says, Yon Isak will produce fruit. This is a different statement of the Gemara, where the Gemara says, quoting this possible we just learned before, my Dixiv, I see, yeah. That vine will produce enough for a, a vine will have to be carried by a donkey. 
in local geffen shemer tisrol, that every single geffen in tisrol is going to be so strong. She ain't sort of irachas that requires at least a donkey lifter to to um to to harvest. On the shereika bnei asanai, and a uh, vine will need a donkey to carry it. So we touch the words vine, the words from the word shereika, but the Gemara says that the word shereika come from the word soidek, and therefore ain't lo called ilan srak. If there's no barren tree, reading the word shereika as srak, which will produce enough for bnei children, plural of donkeys. So it's enough for two donkeys to carry. That's how much these barren fruit are going to are going to are going to are going to produce. Then the Gemara goes on to explain each of these lines in the Pesukim uh, in this drushtika oifen that all these miraculous things are going to happen. And then the Gemara asks, "Pash the kabba ma'iksiv." But what does a simple pshat in the pasuk mean? So it gives a different pshat. So all of this is nice, you know, marshal from Mashiach's coming, either literal or not literal. But it's possible that it could be a marshal. Because as the Gemara says, Pashta Kroba Ksiv. Okay, now that you gave this nice drush, what's the Pashta Pasuk? And the funny thing is that the Gemara goes on to, do, to give a different uh, Pirush, which is Alpidrush, that Hashem is saying he's going to smile, and his smile is more valuable than, than, than wine, and so on. So it's interesting that when the Gemara says Pashta Kro, this idea of Hashem smiling, right? Show us in your eyes the bosom which is greater than wine. Show us your teeth, a smile, the bosom which is more precious than milk. And that's what the Pasuk is referring to. So this is the Pasta the Kra that the Gemara says. Whereas the previous statement, which says that Ilan and Israq are going to make fruit, that's not Pasta the Kra in the Gemara. And neither of these two Pirushim are Pashtas the Kra of Rashi, Pirushal Mishnah, So I don't know that when Rebbe says here, that the original Gemara, which says, and the says that, I don't think he means, as opposed to the second chapter of the Gemara, I think he means the whole Gemara is not exactly Pashtas the That whole Gemara could be learned to Rush. But the later Gemara, the last Gemara, which is which says uh, that, that all Ilan Israq will produce fruit, that must be Kipshutai for two reasons. Number one, because it, it comes right after the statements about. The literal statements about Kadagorila to Mithachamim and, and about Rabbanina uh, fixing the roads in Ertisrol. Number one. Number two, it must be literal because the Pasuk quoted to prove that Ilan Israq will make trees comes not from a Drushtik explanation from Yaakov Avinu's Nevuas and Brachas to Yehuda, but comes from a literal Pasuk talking about famine and, and, and food, a Pasuk in Yael. So these are the two reasons why, in the context, this statement must be literal. And that's why, out of all the, 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 the things, this is the Chorobah, this is making reference to earlier. Out of all the things that Chachamim write about Mashiach's coming and all the things that, that the Nevi'im write about Mashiach's coming, none of these things pose a stira to the Rambam. Because they could all be a marshal. But this idea that Elon Israq will produce fruit, that is a stira because it has to be Kapshutai. Again, because of number one, the context, the Torah's kingdom must be Kapshutai because the Torah's kingdom kept on saying that it's going to be not, Mashiach's going to be the way it was by other magicians. And other magicians definitely talk about literally. And the Gemara also must be literally. In other words, don't tell me that the Rambam Pasuk is like the Gemara, which says it's metaphorical, where Tanya Karim says it's literal. The Gemara also must be literal. Even if earlier in the Gemara, the Gemara talks about Ilan Israq and they're about Ilan Israq making fruit, and there might be not Kipshutai, because the Gemara says it's not Pashtikra, and we're talking about a Pasuk, which is the Chatzchila, Brachis of Yaakov, which isn't necessarily literal to begin with. 
But this statement, the Rabbiya, the closing statement of Ksubis, which says that a lamis will make food, that must be Kapshutai. Number one, because it follows the statement that are Kapshutai. And number two, because the Pasuk quoted is not the Pasuk in Birchis Yaakov, but it's a Pasuk in Yoel, which is talking about literally famine and food. And therefore, this Yud, out of all the Yudim, poses the Shiloh to the Rambam. Because this Yud must be in Kapshutai. And you can't just write it off as being a marshal. So, we're going to uh, close this year with the next two ices, just so you know, you know where we're going. We're going to do ice Gimel and Dalit, which is going to introduce one possible explanation and then reject. And before he introduces this possible explanation, he quotes the Ravid. Vinya Ravid Shom, the Ravid on the Rambam, his Sigal Rambam argues the Rambam and says, how could the Rambam say nothing's going to change? Potato says that Hashem is going to remove all wild animals. Which is not a marshal. It must be literal. Even though, as you remember, we read before in one of the artists, in the art of, what is it, four, that that too can be explained uh, that it's natural phenomenon. But nonetheless, over there, they were told us to look at Simon Gimel, Siv Gimel, which we're looking at now. Right over here. There it says, Deila Kamon, Siv Gimel. So for now, we're taking it that the Ravid is of the view that this Pasuk, is a literal miracle. Not going to be any wild animals anymore. So again, you see, it's interesting. The Ravid doesn't ask the question from Ilan Israq. Rebbe asks the question from Ilan Israq. The Ravid asks it from Mishpat which maybe it's also Marshall, like we, or maybe it's Kipshutta, like we saw in. Um, in that R04. But either way, this is the Ravid's Kasha. Now, to defend the Ravid comes the Radvaz. And the Ravid's going to take the Radvaz's defense against the Ravid and use that to explain this statement by the Lan Israq. So, the Radvaz al Asar Kosov, the Radvaz on the Ramam writes, the Ainzuar Saga, that the, the uh, Ravid's question is not a real question. Why? Shame, Shisharak, some Marshal, which is the Pasha, what we've been saying. Just like everything is a Marshal, comes a Marshal, this is also a Marshal. So it would have been nice if the Rambam had advised stopped here. Had the advised stopped here and said, look, the Rav is quoting a puzzle, that too is a marshal. Finished. Leave it as is. But as we just finished learning, the Rav found one, found. there's a yud here, which is not a marshal, the yud of Ilan Israq. So the Rav, the Rav continues, and with the, what the Rav continues, the Rav borrows that to explain this Indian of Ilan Israq. Namely, Mamshech, the Rav, the Rav continues, Alamashiroi Lahamim Bazer, what should be appropriate to believe is that in Eretz Yisrael, that in Eretz Yisrael, all these Yudim are literal. Because the, the land will be filled with the knowledge of God. The well-known land, which is Eretz Yisrael. But other lands, and Mosul. Shekin Kosov, about the rest of the world, Lay Sagoel Gochere, Vulid Ruchama, Ubertisrol, Skamapshat Baham Marshal. So that is a big Hiddish, which is that all the Yodim have two layers of meaning, Kipshutai and Marshal. In Ertisrol, it's Kipshutai and Marshal. In the rest of the world, it's Marshal. And therefore, says the Radvaz, number one, when the Ravid says that the Lachor the Posak says, Ishbat the Chairam and Aretz, that could also be a Marshal. Number two, it actually is a Marshal. But it's also Kapshutai in Eretz Yisrael, along with all the other Yudim. So now that we have this distinction, now we can apply that distinction to us as well. 
Now, a piece of Shleimah are based on this. might say, Lachura, Shemachlikas, and Amr Raivik, Lui Bahevdil, Ben Shleimah, Marachazal, and Al. So now, based on this, we can say, so we already have Be'inyan uh, Lon Israq. So now we have, in the, we have a way of understanding the Rambam, right? That when the Rambam says that it's Elokin Hoganov, he's talking about Aratzer Eretz Yisrael. And when the Gemara says, and in context, we learned that it must be Kipshutai, that Elon Israq are going to make trees, that's talking about in Eretz Yisrael. But we have Machlikas, because the Raivik says that it's universally a miracle. It's universally Kipshutai. So we have a Machlikas, according to Radvaz. Rambam Ravid. Ravid says, Kipshut Eretz Yisrael, marshal the rest of the world. Ravid says, Kipshut all over the world. So now we can say that that's the difference between Cheres Kainan and Sobis. Bigamora Nemar, Ilone Selection Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Barashi Rav said, Asidin Kolar, Ilone Selection Eretz Yisrael. And in fact, the whole context of the Gemara Sobis there is talking about the Mile of Eretz Yisrael. Mashenki, but Cheres Kainan, where there it says, Haloshin Hu, Ilone Selection like we saw before, it's going to go back to the way it was by other magician, right? So the whole world's going to go that way. So that's kind of saying that this marshal goes to the whole world. I'm sorry, this kipshuta yiu goes to the whole world, like the rivet. Whereas the kamarang suba says it's tafkar to where these things are going to be kipshuta. Rest of the world could be a marshal. Never says, but I have the name who. Of course, the world's not going to change its operating system, but rather, and is going to be a specific miracle going on there, or miracles plural. And therefore, in the rivets of the opinion of that all trees will be a fruit. And therefore, the same thing true of which is clearly a change in nature. When the Prophet says, and the Ravid's quoting that as a raya that there must be miracles, unlike the Radvaz, which said this too is a marshal in defending the Rambam, Ravid's obviously taking this as a, as a, as a kipshutai. And this is Kamash Moris Adrash Adrash Teres Karnamal Pasuk, which we saw before quoted in the Ramban. Right? Rabbi Yehuda and Teres Karnam says that there's not going to be any more uh, wild animals. And Abshimon says we're going to change wild animals' natures that they're not going to be damaging. But either way, it's miraculous. Either there's no more wild animals or wild animals will stop being wild. Either way, it's miraculous. Now, moreover, the Torah is kind of changes. The Fashim Mishanim Lashon Apostle, which says, Mino Aretz, meaning it's a universal thing. And if the Ravid goes to Torah's kind of, then it's a universal miracle. Mashinkin and Rambam, but the Rambam, Noket Lefidas the Advaz, the Advaz was that the Rambam was taking Kloshon Agamara, which says, Shakavana, Rakilon Esrak Shabar Chisro, Shaydei Kain, Roy Lahamin, Shadvayim Gam Kushit Bar Chisro, Abbasharot Skipal Kun Hoganog. Now let's see some of the Aretz before we go weiter. There's Ha'ara 30 here. This is interesting Ha'ara. So before we go to this Ha'ara, I want to look at the Sokin. So it's the beginning of Parshish Bukha Kaisai. And here the Sokin, right at the beginning. In Bukha Kaisai, Lechavis, Mishmashit, Tishmori, Vasisa, Moisim. Shem says, if you follow my mitzvahs, then it's not the Gishmech Hamitam, I'll give you rain in due time. The Nasna Aretz Yivula, the land will produce food, it produces produce. Its strength, and the tree of the field will produce its fruit. 
They'll have so much uh, produce to harvest that the harvest is going to continuously go to, to collecting time and then to harvesting time. It's going to keep on going. You'll eat your bread in plenty. And you will sit in your land securely. Then, I'll provide peace in the land. You'll sit without any worry, without any fear. And I'll remove all wild animals from the land. And no sword will enter the land. There will be peace, not even an army to come in and disturb you. So look here and see how many times the Pasuk says, makes reference to the Aretz. So, Nasnaha Aretz Yuvullah. Then, Yishatim Levetach Ba'artzachem. Then, Nasat Yishalom Ba'aretz. Shatim Merchav Yishpatachai Rabbin Ha'aretz. V'chei Levetach Ba'artzachem. So, everybody's saying like this in the footnote. Now, keep that in mind. And the Iker here is this Pasuk where we learn that Elon Yisrael will be Yitzipedis, which is Ve'etz Sadiq Imperioi, doesn't say Ba'aretz. Does not say Ba'aretz. And that's what it says in the Hara 30. Befrat, Shaposak, I love Kai, this Posak, Lenin Baratzachem, or Haaretz appeared to them. Al Derechin and Mapsuk Posak Sham Hevav. Posak Hevav, Posak Hei says, Baratzachem at the end. Basically, Hamdari, Shaspati, but Bati Yasek Azara, Bahat Nakhmukhim Tseva, Bishatim Matsa Baaretz, Baratzachem. And then Posak Bob actually says Baaretz three times. The Satishalam Baaretz, Bishatim Venrachim, Vishbatakhairobin Aaretz, the Hevav Baratzachem. But Posak Dalid, where it says, Vaitis of the Eaton Period, it doesn't say Baaretz. Now, I, Lachura, the Doyche Glemar, Shabbat Hemshek, with Chesakosav, and Nasa Aretz Yivula. But don't say that the words, the Eight Sadiyat Imperial, is following what I said before, for Nasa Aretz Yivula. Why is there Doyche? The Pasha, it flows. It's not the Gishrech and Be'itam, and Nasa Aretz Yivula. The Eight Sadiyat Imperial, talking about the land you before, that's going to produce the Nasa Aretz Yivula. Lachura, I think the Rebbe is saying, not to say this, that it's a Doyche to say that, because Ebazoi, See, when it comes to Pasuk Hey, the whole thing can be included in a concluding word Ba'artzachem, that all of the above is Ba'artzachem. In Pasuk Vav, it actually splits it up. Shalom Ba'aretz. Again, Chateray Chayram Ba'aretz. Again, Chevelay Sava Ba'artzachem. And therefore, if Takav, it's the Yitin Periyoy, which says that Elon Esrak, which is the, the Pasuk where we know that Elon Esrak are going to make fruit, actually means Ba'aretz, it should either say like Pasuk Hey, where the word Ha'aretz will come at the end to include the whole Pasuk, or it should say it again, like Pasuk Vav. And if there says the fact that it doesn't say that, it's a doichik to say that the Eitz Imperial means limited to the word Haaretz said before. That there is a doichik. And, and I'm suggesting the reason why it's a doichik is because, again, in He and Vav, either in He it has the Artsachim at the end, including the whole Pasuk, or in Vav it actually says it in each clause. It says again, Aretz, Aretz, Aretz. Whereas in Dalit it only says Aretz with respect to the Nasna Aretz Yuvula, but Eitz Sadiyat Imperial seems to be freestanding and therefore is universal. Which is again the, the pasuk that the Gemara brings in Ksubis. I'm sorry, which is the pasuk that the Gemara brings in Teres Kainim, as opposed to the Gemara in Ksubis, which brings the pasuk from Yoel, right? The pasuk from Yoel, which said, "Eitz um, Neisapiriyoy." Whereas over here in Teres Kainim, he's bringing the pasuk in Bochukaisai, right? I'm sorry, the Yeah, the Teres Kainim brings the Pasuk in Bechukaisai, which doesn't have the word Aretz there. Okay, now, Ella but, nonetheless, never rejects this Lepoil. Whenever the Brachas come, all of Bechukaisai, the first part, which is the Brachas, 
is referring to Yidin, the Pashtas, when they're sitting properly. In other words, is Yidin behaving and getting what they're supposed to? So if they're behaving and getting what they're supposed to, then they're, they're in their Chisrael, because she's they're in their that's when they're getting all the brachas. Now I'll show you what the, the Teres Karnim here says. I'm not 100% sure what the Rebbe wants with it. Teres Karnim here says, There's only Eretz Yisrael, even though the Pesach doesn't say Baratzecha, right? That's the whole what the Rebbe is pointing to. That you see in the Teres Karnim, that it's Shaykh, that a Pesach that doesn't say Baratzecha still is limited to Eretz Yisrael. That be so successful that other countries will come to buy from Eretz Yisrael. But the point is that the seems the Rebbe's point is that even though it also doesn't say Haaretz of this clause, it only says Van Nas Haaretz Yovula. It only says Haaretz Benegev this clause. It doesn't say Haaretz Benegev and Nisat Shmeikam Bitom, and yet the Medrash limits it to Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, maybe also the Eitz Imperioi could be limited to Eretz Yisrael. In other words, Debra suggests, it seems that to me, that Debra suggesting in Ha'ara that maybe the fact that the Pasuk doesn't work, put the word Ha'ara in the clause of Ilan Esrak, making Paytas, which is this word, the fact that the Pasuk doesn't say Ha'ara there, maybe it means it's, maybe that's proof that it's universal. But Debra says, Lab Dafka. Lab Dafka, because as you can see from the Teres Karnin and the Shatik Shmechabitam is limited to Eretz Yisrael, and also Lab Dafka, the Bechlal. All these brachas are talking about when Yidna are living at Yisrael anyway. The Pashtas, Yidna are doing what they're supposed to do. They weren't kicked out of the land, and they're going to be successful there. All the brachas are there, including this Yitzhak period. But nonetheless, in the Prim, the Rebbe still maintains that because the Gemara does not, I'm sorry, because the Teres Karnim doesn't limit the, the Yud of Ilan Esrak to Eretz Yisrael, therefore it's universal, and that's the Ram Raivad's opinion, and that's why he takes the Shpat Techai Ramana Oretz universally, as opposed to the Rambam, which can be going with the Gemara, which limits the Yudim to Eretz Yisrael. And that's like the Radvaz, which said that Eretz Yisrael, the, that the Yudim are Kepshutai and Marshal, whereas in the rest of the world, it's Olam Kamal Now to conclude this Shir, we're going to see how the Rebbe rejects this, this uh, explanation. And we have one more Ha'ara uh, we have to look at in this next Sif. So, Rebbe rejects the explanation that advised to say like this the machal between Eretz Yisrael and the rest of the world. Avo Pirsha advised in a moment b'chora. The Shvat has brought it to the Rambam. The Chalal is hard to understand this distinction between Eretz Yisrael and the rest of the world. The Shvat, if you want to make it work for the Rambam, Allah number one. Masha Sasa Marabam. The Rambam says straight up unqualified. The cost of advice. You raise a Mashiach, lay your battle double and hugger shleilam. Nothing's going to change. Movement is understood. Shem Nichtlub is a gamba Eretz Yisrael. He doesn't say. He doesn't make a distinction. Like a chasam nasayfer. If there's a distinction between Eretz Yisrael and the rest of the world, then say so. Shagam im Eretz Yisrael loisim misim begashmis. Hadeze gam bitum halagish lelam. If something is going to change in Eretz Yisrael, different than the rest of the world, that's bitum halagish lelam. And therefore, the Rambam says emphatically, no change, and no change means no change nowhere. See R thirty one. Maybe you could extend that advice that actually applies to Eretz Yisrael also, even though there's going to be miracles. Not that the world's going to change. It's going to be a special nest for Yidin in Eretz Yisrael. So, basically like this. There's a difference between a miracle and changing the order of nature. 
changing the order of nature means that from now on, when I turn, up, when I turn this bottle of water upside down, the water's not going to fall out. That's a change in nature. If it so happens that Hashem decides that when I turn over this water, it's not going to fall out, that's a miracle. Because a miracle means nature is still operating the way it always does, but there's an anomaly in nature. That's what a miracle is. Change in, the, change in nature means nature changes. So maybe then, therefore, says the Rebbe, when Advan says that nature is still there's going to be miracles. He means miracles, not, and it's not considered a change in the world. So, universally. But there happens to be a miracle for certain people, known as Yidin, living in Eretz Yisrael. It's an anomaly, not a change in nature. And everybody's like this. This idea is so true that Pisa Butla, to me in the footnote here, the Shulah Gillian, Butla, to me, the Pasuk says that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be miracles like Yisrael Mishraim. So this is not a stidda, because that's a miracle. That's not a change in nature. It's a one-off miracle. Which would mean, in this footnote, basically, that even the Rambam says nothing's going to change, it means maybe to get to Mashiach, there's going to be, you know, um, punctuations of miracles to get there to the point. But Mashiach's state itself will be, even if to get there, we went through miracles, like he made Tzachim time and other than the flies. So the only stiddas to the Rambam are, number one, like we said before, has to be a stidda that in the context must be, like the Vart of Ilan Israq, given the context of Teres Karinim and Ksubis. Number two, it has to be something that doesn't just a punctuated miracle, but actually upends something in nature, like Ilan Israq, before it wasn't producing fruit. Now it's a new nature producing fruit. That's a shinim in Hagish Lelon. And the says the Rebbe, maybe when the Advar says there's going to be miracles in Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't mean in an oifen of in Mashanam Minagoylam, but in an oifen of a punctuated miracle happening at a specific place at a specific time. And the Rebbe gives a marshal, al derech hamon, etc. Presumably, etc. means the other miracles that happened in the Midbar. Be'ayis in the Midbar. Every single day for 40 days straight, they had this miracle. It just because the month fell for 40 days doesn't mean that the world changed. It's not like from now on, month falls from heaven. It's a certain time, certain place for certain people. In other places, if it's man in other times, nature stays as is. And likewise. The Pasuk. And the, uh, we're going to skip the parentheses in a second. We'll come back to it in a minute because I want to first finish the Hora. Then we'll come back to what I was trying to do in the parentheses, the Hora. So the, the Pasuk and the Gemara refers, it refers to Eretz Yisrael as Eretz Tzvi. Tzvi literally means precious, but Tzvi also means a deer. So what does it mean that Eretz Yisrael is like a deer? That a deer, Rafka. when people live there, it's big. When people aren't there, Gamda, it's, it's narrow. So a deer... Uh, its, its, its flesh is too big for its skin. If you were to skin a, a deer, you wouldn't be able to put the flesh back into the skin. Because while the deer is in there, the skin expands to be able to handle all the flesh. And once the flesh is out, it, it can't be stretched out again. So it, it shrinks. So it's all the same way. When Yidin are living there, it's just a small country, but they can live there with breitkeit. But once, when they're not there, it shrinks. So this is, again, a miracle that doesn't change nature. It's limited to, at the time, when Yidin are living there. And therefore, it's a punctuation in nature. It's not a change in nature. It's a ness. And likewise, I said in this Mishnah, which is limited to a certain time and place. Likewise, maybe you could say the same thing with Radvas, that when the Eretz Yisrael is going to have these miracles, it is not a change in nature, but a punctuation in nature. It's a certain place that won't happen. But, Says the Rebbe, first of all, first of all, the Gemara says that the that stones in Eretz Yisrael are heavier than the stones outside of Eretz Yisrael, which seems to be a universal statement. 
So that is like a change in nature because forever it's like that. So it's almost as if like Yisrael itself has a different set of nature rules. And that's the Tzarech Iyun here. Because it's hard to say that, that something that is in Yisrael is a miracle when the Yisrael itself has a different set of nature. That's what the Rebbe is trying to do here with the Tzarech Iyun. Okay, so let's look up this Gemara. We saw this. Um, so we mem- remember we read before that the Gemara said Ksubis, that Rebbe would uh, would straighten the earth, the roads, so that people wouldn't trip. That's, that was Rashi's explanation. But, here look, see, that's Rashi. Mashvim uh, Matakin, Machshuli Ir, he was straightening this, uh, he was straightening out the uh, roads, Machmaschibus Earth, because he loved the land. He really loved it. And he didn't want people to say that Yisrael is a bad land, so he would straighten up. Now, Taisa says, Pirush, Rebbe Hanina would pick up these stones, not that he would straighten them out, but Shoikhlavan, he would weigh them. And he found them light. Omar, he said, Once he weighed them, and he found that they were heavy. He said, Oh, I must be in Yisrael. A similar thing, that Rebbe got, the same statement, that Rebbe would go to Yisrael, and he would keep on picking up stones, and when the stones were heavier, he would know he's in Yisrael. Okay. But then it concludes, to say that um, miracle in Eretz Yisrael doesn't constitute change in nature. It's just the miracle that's just like a punctuation in nature. It's to say that a systematic, continuous, day in, day out, forever change in Eretz Yisrael. It's, it's like it's hard to say that you know, forty years is forty years, but Mashiach is it's forever. So from now on, there's a new. Modus of Rendai and Yisrael. It's Ness. Oh, but it's not a change in nature. Uh, that's what it seems to be saying. Okay, now let's quickly look at this footnote here. There are sites to what, where the Lushan of Eretz Tzvi comes from. So we're supposed to look at Yermia, Daniel, Mitzvah's Dovid and Daniel, and then to look at the Gillian on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so the Posik in, let's look, let's look at the, um, first of all, the Gemara Gitten, which is, the source here, this source that there is Manshayashun Allah Rahva, Manshayashun Allah Gamba, that's in Gitten. So we saw that already. That's the Gemara here. Right? Erzvi, Sibba, Matsvi, Ezer, in Oyer Maxik, Af, Espsori, Af, Erzro, with Manshayashun Allah, Rahva, with Manshayashun Allah Gamba, right? The deer can't contain its own flesh, and once the flesh is out, the leather shrinks, the skin shrinks. Okay, so where does this idea come from that Erz Sibba? That Eretz Yisrael is referred to as Eretz Tzvi. So it comes from two psalms, one Yirmiya, one Daniel. The psalm in Yirmiya says, um, Hashem says, um, how am I going to position my, my, my children? And I'm going to give you etlacha Eretz Chemdas, nachlas Tzvi. I'm going to give you a precious land, inheritance Tzvi, the choicest inheritance. Tzvi is going in the jealousy, they're the most choicest amongst all the nations. Okay, so this is, refer- is Eretz Yisrael being referred to as Eretz Tzvi. Then you have Daniel, which says, Upobe Eretz Tzvi, Verabis uh, there's going to be like an attack in Eretz Tzvi, in the land of Tzvi, and many will fall except for uh, these people, the Edom, Moyo, etc. And the Mutzud of David says, What's Eretz Tzvi? Eretz Yisroh HaChamud, the precious Eretz Yisroh. Okay, now, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, which the Rebbe makes reference to in this footnote right here, the Rebbe tells us to look at the Gilion on Rosh Hashanah. So the Gilead and Rosh Hashanah says like this. 
now just, just some, some background here. The Torah, or the, 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 footnote, the citations on the side of the Gemara will tell us where to go to find the Pesach that the Gemara quotes. That was put together by the author of the Shiltek Boyden. His name is, uh, wrote down here, Yeshua Boyas. In the, in the early Hey uh, Reish Pays Reish Shins, the beginning, about a few hundred years ago. So the Gillian now is commenting on the citations of the of the of, of the Torah. It says like this: Ksubis, the Gemara also men- mentions this idea of Eretzvi, and maybe Da'im Yirmiya brings it right from Yirmiya. Where there it says Nachlas Tzvi, we saw that possibly in Yirmiya. And B'tzorach Im Ksas, you need to understand why that is, because Khan over here, in and in Rashi, where Rashi cites the Ksubis here in Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, where Rashi cites the Ksubis and the Gemara in Ksubis and Rosh Hashanah are talking about Eretzvi, just like a Tzvi, you can see the Rashi. Just like Matzvi Kal just like a tree runs fast, so too Eretz Yisrael makes things grow very fastly, as Ksubis, and the same thing in Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, the Gillian writes, in Ksubis, the Torah quotes to Yirmiya. That's not Chassi. And therefore, Tzorach Iyun Ksas Khan, over here in Rosh Hashanah, and Rashi, where he's citing to, who is citing to Ksubis, where Ksubis, the Pesach is in Yirmiya, whereas over here in Gitten, the Gemara actually cites to the Pesach in Dan- the Torah actually cites to the Pesach in Daniel. I'm sorry, over here in Rosh Hashanah, I'm sorry. So it's Ksubis, Rosh Hashanah, and Gitten. In Ksubis, the Gemara cites to Yirmiya, and Tzorach in Tzas over here in Rosh Hashanah, where the Gemara cites to Daniel, and Ayin, Oi, Gitten, Nun I see the Gemara Gitten, where there the Gemara cites to both Sukkim, both Yirmiya and Daniel. Okay, and it puts that all into little parentheses. Okay, so we are Be'iker, going back to the Sikha. The Radvaz suggested that when the Ramam says there's going to be no miracles, he means outside of Eretz Yisrael, but in Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be miracles. And that, the Rebbe says, can't be the explanation of Rambam because the Rambam never made such a distinction. In the foot that the Rebbe said, maybe the, maybe the distinction isn't made because Eretz Yisrael isn't a bit of the but it's only a mess, but that, the Rebbe says, is a doichet. And they recited this idea of miracles living in a place connected to this idea of Eretz Tzvi, that Eretz Yisrael is like a Tzvi that, can, that uh, can't contain its own flesh, as we explained earlier. Now, that's reason number one why the Advaz is pirush that miracles happen in Eretz Yisrael, but everywhere else it's a marshal, why the Rebbe rejects it, is because simply the Rambam didn't say it. Rambam never made such a distinction between Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael. And a miracle, consistent miracle in Eretz Yisrael, would itself constitute a change in the Nicolai as we saw at Lich Barichus in the footnote. Reason number two why Rebbe rejects this explanation. Base, he may be in Koziba, in the time of Ben Bar Kochba or Ben Koziba, which the Rambam, which again, I'm assuming you learned the Hilchus Malachim there, where the Rambam writes, Shadimo who, that he, Rabbi Kiva, and all the other people with Rabbi Kiva, Shua Melech Mashiach, they assumed that Bar Kochba was going to be Mashiach. The history of this is very fascinating. and not for now, but the bottom line is Bar Kokhba was the last, it's, it's roughly, it's within a century after the basement was destroyed. And just like the second basement was built within a century after the first, why shouldn't the third be built within a century after the second? Right, Halavaya was. So, and Bar Kokhba was the last uh, almost successful rebellion against the Romans who were occupying Eretz Yisrael at the time. So, Rebbe Kiva and the other Chachamim, all the Chachamim, other Chachamim, look at them before Shema the Rambam there. And 
Gimel, they assumed that he was Mashiach. And to the point, actually, to the point that they actually went to war, thinking they were going to overthrow the Romans and successfully rule the Basin Middash and bring Mashiach. And why is the Rambam even bring this whole story with Barakach and Abakiva? From here, the Rambam proves this is the Rambam quotes this whole history to tell us as a proof that Mashiach does not have to do miracles. That even Mashiach comes, there's going to be no miracles. It'll come once if you do it, as we're going to soon, soon learn. The Rambam here is being medayic that not only Mashiach doesn't have to do miracles, but even there won't be miracles in this time, even if God's doing it. I made reference to this earlier. What's the raya? Because Rabbi Kivo backed Bar Kokhba, and Bar Kokhba never did miracles. And not only he never did miracles, but there wasn't even miracles in his time. No miracles were happening. And therefore, where is Bar Kokhba? Bar Kokhba is situated in Eretz Yisrael, trying to overthrow the Romans. And yet, the Rambam uses the lack of miracles in Eretz Yisrael during Bar Kokhba's time as proof that, Eretz, that Mashiach doesn't have to have miracles. Now, if Bar Kokhba is the proof that it doesn't have to be miracles, and if Bar Kokhba happens in Eretz Yisrael, then Bar Kokhba is a proof that there's no miracles even in Eretz Yisrael. If we must conclude, it would seem to conclude that If we must conclude that when the Rambam writes that the world's not going to change, it means including Eretz Yisrael. So back to square one. We have this one prophecy that Ilan Yisrak will make Pedas. That this prophecy must be literal. Number one, it must be literal because it must be literal because of the context in which it comes in Ksilbis and the context in which it comes in Teres Kohenim, as we explained before. And likewise, this is not just a punctuated miracle, it's a completely radical change in nature. Trees that till now did not produce fruit all of a sudden are producing fruit. So back to square one, how does the Rambam say, and Mitchum the next year? Next video, we're going to look at the next suggested explanation and the Rebbe's rejection of that. And depending on how long that takes, maybe we'll look also at the beginning of the Rebbe's explanation. Otherwise, that will be in a third year.